You're listening to the Russell Bread Podcast. Cut the shit. How many red carpets do you guys want to walk in your $4,000 ridiculous heels? You will never be able to lace up my Chuck Taylor. This is your fault. This is your fault. I didn't get mad when you stole all my moves. Your daddy's not here anymore. It's How was your movie, by the way? Oh, I mine, mine went straight to DVD, just like yours. Careful you don't hurt your neck again going through those ropes. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is a crazy week. It is the week of the draft. And no, your eyes are not deceiving you. Yes, I am here live on a Friday after SmackDown. And that's only because of the NFL draft. You know, the NFL draft. Now we have the WWE draft, which I don't think that's ever happened that the WWE draft occurred at the same time as the uh, NFL draft. We'll see numbers wise if it was a smart move or not, because I was kind of switching a little bit back and forth between the drafts. I wanted to see who the Cowboys draft. Um, I think I saw who the Eagles draft. I wasn't 100 percent sure, but, you know, it's been a very um, entertaining week as far as a sports or a sports entertainment fan as well. And even a crazy AEW dynamite as well. And in case you don't know, my name is JD, the first effing lady of the Bloodline Entertainment Network. And be sure to put your ones in the chats and acknowledge us. Um, so, no, I'm not wearing any NFL, um, my Cowboys hoodies or anything like that. And that's because um, I wore it yesterday. Be sure to go to the Bloodline uh, Entertainment YouTube channel. You can check out the um, live watch party that we had did yesterday um, where we watched the first round and we all you know, gave our um, predictions and opinions of how we felt about the um, first round as well. Um, kind of going off of uh, how I feel, I um, you're, you may laugh at my opinion, but I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm not that much of a Cowboys fan where it's like, um, you know, we're going to the Super Bowl every year. In my opinion, it don't really matter who we, you know, get as the first round. And that's primarily because you know, we don't, the Cowboys don't really go after the, um, the Cowboys don't really go after, uh, to win the championship. Um, the, they really go at, cause no matter what happens is the Cowboys can go in Olin 15 and they still will be watched. Um, their stadium will be used for big concerts and stuff like that. People will still tune in. And that's because Jerry Jones had made it into a money-making market, you know, uh, the Cat Dallas Cowboys is a global brand. I believe they said that the Dallas Star is like the number two recognized um, sports logo in the world. So not only do they have fans outside of the, um, not, not only do they have the fa fans outside of the Dallas area, but they have fans outside of the U.S. And so, no matter what happens, people are still going to tune in to watch the Dallas Cowboys. So it's not too much that they're drafting as far as trying to win championships. They're mainly drafting um, just to keep the money going. You know, they draft someone who is a star, basically, who's able to who can give interviews, who can, you know, be on the morning shows on ESPN and everything like that as well. Um, 
Yes, but shout out to all the people in the chat. Moneymaker Chris, what's up, JD? What's going on? Uh, just in time. Salute the first lady. Just in time because he's always just in time as well. Um, but, um, <laughs> but um, yeah. So with the NFL draft, um, the Cowboys had drafted a defensive tackle. And as soon as the Cowboys pick came up, it, you know, ESPN started to assume that they are um, going to um, pick a tight end. Um, and then they started making comparisons. Um, I think his name was Michael Mayer. I may be wrong, but there was make comparisons between him and um, Jason Witten, which I was like, first of all, let's all calm down, you know, before we start, you know, putting, you know, putting a lot of pressure on someone to fill in the shoes of Jason Witten of all people. Um, and so they actually went for a defensive tackle and um, I wasn't, I'm, I'm fine with that pick. Cause I feel as though like, um, and I said this on um, the Tim King show yesterday when we did the live draft party. And that was um, I, they might as well just go defense because according to the Cowboys, um, their offense was pretty much answered. They got rid of Kellen Moore. Um, they're going to have Mike McCarthy do the play calling and um, Dak Prescott still the quarterback. So they might as well go defense heavy so that they could stop. You know, NFC East is a very, um, very tough division with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Um, Giants is coming up. And then now with the commanders making a lot of moves, their defense is, sca is scary. can be scary as well, too. Um, you really need to have a strong defense to stop the strong offenses in NFCE. So they went to that defensive tackle. Come to find out, Michael Parsons actually requested the person that he drafted. I forgot his name. I think it's like Ms. Mike. I forgot his name. I'm not even going to try to remember off the top of my head. But Michael Parsons actually asked for this person, and they actually got the person, uh, mainly because so he won't get double teamed uh when he plays as well so you know that be that and i see uh this second round we got a tight end so you know someone to um you know eventually develop and if Dak prescott is still there to you know eventually get thrown to by Dak prescott um but then switching over as you see i'm wearing the phillies gear uh this week i went to a phillies game my first the first game i went to live um Mozzie Smith, DT, out of Michigan. Thank you, Tim. Uh, Mozzie Smith, <laughs> defensive tackle out of Michigan. Um, what's going on, Tim King Show? Be sure to check out his show when we was all on there yesterday, um, reacting to the draft live as well. Um, but, yeah, I went to the Phillies game yesterday. And first time I seen live the pitch clock that they got going on for all the um, baseball fans. And, first of all, the game started at 1.00. And the game was over by like 3.30. The game went by very fast. So the pitch clock, in my opinion, as a fan, it's great because the games are over, uh, especially if you're watching on TV. I used to like have baseball on as background noise um, when it was like one year I had the MLB TV for free. And so I would just put on baseball and I would have it on for like back background noise because the games would be like three, four hours and whatnot. But with the pitch clock now, the games are over in like a little bit over two hours. And it's great because the game goes by fast. 
I mean, if you get up, but if you get up to like go to the bathroom or get something to eat or something like that, you you'll miss things. Um, and so I was like missing people who I wanted to watch pitch. I mean, uh, bat and everything like that. And then, um, like the game was like very fast, which is good. Like I said, it's cause you're, you're done in like two and a half hours. But the thing was for the Phillies pitchers, it felt like they got very tired very quickly because you know, you don't have the time to kind of re- reserve your energy before you throw the next pitch. Because, um, as soon as the batter is ready and he gets the bat ready, the pitcher has 20 seconds to throw the ball. If the pitch, if the, not the pitcher, if the batter steps back, they'll stop the clock. And then as soon as the batter comes back onto the, um, is set, they'll start the clock. So pitchers only have like 20 seconds to throw the ball. And the Phillies went through like three or four pitchers, um, during the game. I mean, it was to the point, uh, I forgot who it was. Someone got hit by the ball by a Phillies pitcher. Um, they were definitely throwing a lot more balls, not as much strikes as we've seen. So it'll be very interesting if we like don't really see too many uh, no-hitter games um, this season. I mean, you know, we've seen it a couple of times. Um, we've seen it actually a lot last season, but I won't be surprised if we won't see um, – a lot of um I won't be surprised we see more you know uh not not strikes being thrown but more balls because the pitchers are starting to get tired with their arm and everything like that I mean think about it like there's a big difference if you're work if you for all my gym people when you go to work out arms and you sit in there and just like working your arm and everything like that it's a bigger difference of taking a minute of rest between like doing things and 20 and like 20 seconds so you know uh so from moneymaker quest chris i noticed that too when i went to the nats game a couple of weeks ago yeah it goes by very fast but it's just like it's not good for the pitcher because they don't have that much time to rest in between their throws and yeah the pitchers were like going to you know we kept seeing the reliever come out and everything like that so yeah, it'll be very interesting, especially once we get closer to um, the playoffs, uh, the division and conferences and stuff like that with um, MLB as well. So that was, you know, my little recap of um, sports with the Phillies and um, with the NFL, with football and everything like that. I don't keep up with basketball. I used to keep up with basketball. The last time that was really into basketball was when Allen Iverson played. So that really tells you how long it has been since I really kept up with basketball. That was the last time when Allen Iverson had uh, stopped playing. And um, I think, uh, I think I actually, I think I kept watching probably to like, like I, I kept up with it probably right before Kobe Bryant had retired. So yeah. So that goes to tell you, like, I can tell you some people who play for the Sixers and who plays in the NBA, but I can't tell you, like, I don't even know if the Sixers are still in the playoffs. I heard that they were in the playoffs, but I don't even know if they still in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> shout out to South Philly psycho. What's up, my queen. I'm for anything that speeds up the game. I'm too old to sit there all day. <laughs> no, I feel that. I feel that it was one last season. I went to a Phillies game. And it was like, it was in the summer. And of course it was like a 90 degree day. And 
if you guys don't know about like the way that that Philly stadium is set up, it's just open. And there's really like at a certain point in the day, there really isn't a good seat in the stadium because the sun, the way that the stadium sits, the sun kind of like can pretty much touches the whole stadium. And so it was hot. Um, those tick those seats were really good. I was at I was in the second row. Um, shout out to Game Time uh, tickets or like StubHub. If you ever want to get like really good seats, get some tickets last minute. I was able to score those last minute for a really good price. And it was like second row right next to the dugout. It was great, but it was the hottest damn day that week in Philly. And it was to the point that people were passing out in the stands. And so um, we ended up like, we ended up like constantly going in the like vestibule and everything like that to get the shade and everything. But yeah, it was, um, it was a lot. They are, they will play Boston in the second round. Oh, there we go. Go Sixers. You know, this is the point where a lot of people who don't keep up with the Philly sports suddenly jump on the bandwagon. So now I know they're actually in the second round. I, I knew they were in the first round. I didn't know if they eliminate or anything, but now that the Sixers are in the second round. Okay. Now I'm on the bandwagon. I'm a Sixers fan. Same thing with Phillies. There's people who are not Phillies who don't keep up with the Phillies in Philly. And when they went to, when they did their run last year, everybody was a Phillies fan. Same thing as Eagles. It was people who don't even know who the quarterback was for the Eagles, who all of a sudden they're Eagles fans. I could tell you that from some members of my family who don't say anything about the Eagles until they play Dallas. And all of a sudden they're like Eagles fans and everything like that. So, um, but yeah, that was a quick little sports thing. Um, I love the draft. I love, I don't keep up with college basketball, so I can't sit here and tell you who I think the top pick and stuff like that. I listen to other people who uh, tell me that, especially um, when I watched like the pre-coverage and everything. Um, but I love the stories of the people who are there getting drafted. Like um, I know about uh, Will Lewis, I think his name is, who he was supposed to go very high. They said that he can go as high as number two and he didn't get drafted at all in the first round. It reminded me of a bit of Johnny Manziel. Um, and then like different stories of people who, um, you know, overcame things and ended up getting drafted, watching the parents and stuff like that. And, you know, just kind of watching them and kind of seeing like how they would fit in with the team. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. And I love seeing the people who present, of course, you know, uh, with the Cowboys, Drew Pearson came out cutting WWE promos out there once again. Um, I was actually, was I there? No, I don't think I was at the draft where Drew Pearson came out in Philly. And, uh, when he came to the, the, um, draft in Philly and cut that amazing, WWE promo that pissed a lot of people off. Um, I don't think I was there. I wish I was, but I wasn't there. Um, so let's get into some wrestling. I know that's what y'all all came here to do, but let's get into some wrestling. Not as much rumors um, this week. I didn't really keep up with a lot of things that was going on because, um, you know, in it with the NFL draft and, um, with the NFL draft and the uh, WWE draft and the Phillies game and stuff like that. Um, let's see. 
from Ben Buster. Shout out to you, first of all. How's the best receiver? See, I don't know my players' names. Let's see. Uh, Blend Takeoff? No, Lillen Techoff, award winner, not drafted in the first round. And that's the things I always love finding out too. Like hearing people who um hearing people who are supposed to be like highly draft and then they just don't go because, you know, reasons. I know that for um Will Lewis, I think it's, it's I don't know if it's Lewis or Levis or something like that. I heard that he was supposed to go high, very high. But then it came out that his toe injury was a lot more serious than it was, and he's supposed to be getting surgery. And that's what dropped his stock down very low. And eventually he was taken by – and then he didn't show up for uh, night two. He was, you know, in the green room. He decided not to go there because uh, the way that they – the way I remember the SPN reporter was saying, she said that uh, it was because he was heartbroken that, you know, Tennessee didn't take him, stuff like that. And then Tennessee ended up taking him number two tonight. So it's just like, dude, you was in your feelings, and you, but you got drafted. Um, and a lot of people, of course, was talking about his girlfriend. I was cracking up about her faces and stuff. Um, that's probably why he really went home. He probably didn't want her all over the damn TVs once again. Uh, not because he was heartbroken. It's because your girlfriend went viral on you because everybody was saying how she going to leave you. And people were talking about all the people that she was going to leave him for. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens over the weekend. I'll continue watching um, the draft to see, you know, all that, um, not only who Dallas would take, but Eagles, Giants, Washington, um, the Bills, pretty much all all the teams to see who they take and how things will play out. Maybe I'll actually bonker down and get back into fantasy football again. Um, I haven't really... I haven't really played fantasy football since before the pandemic um, because pandemic done messed everybody up. So maybe I'll get back into, um, to it once again. Um, But the biggest news as everybody was talking about since Monday was CM Punk showing up at raw. Um, He was filmed in the parking lot uh, talking to Tamina. And it was said that he actually walked in. Um, He was making it sound like, People's making it sound like a Vince McMahon situation that he snuck in or something like that. Um, and then apparently he was kicked out by Vince. Vince wasn't there, but apparently Vince called in or something. And then he kicked, he got, uh, CM Punk got kicked out. Um, and apparently he allegedly talked to the Miz. He allegedly talked to Triple H and stuff. Um, so take everything with a, with a grain of salt because these are the dirt sheets that's reporting this. Um, but in my opinion, it's like, it is what it is really, uh, CM, where, where CM Punk is right now is he's between the two companies. He had shit happen in WWE, um, despite whose side you're on, he left, walked out and everything like that. Um, got fired on his wedding day and everything. Um, never came, never came back. Didn't have a desire to come back. Um, even when they did, when he was on that Fox show, he made it, he made sure to let everyone know that he was not affiliated with WWE. He came back to wrestling through AEW, you know, became champ, stuff like that. Shit happened. It was a fight that broke out. He left. Um, you know, it was a lot of rumors of lawsuits and stuff like that. 
And he has yet to really officially return. Now, of course, there's the rumors out there that he's supposed to come back with the Saturday show and stuff like that and allegedly keep the roster separate, which you can't do because you only have four pay-per-views. Eventually, he's going to be around the elite and other people who don't get along with him. So in my opinion, um, I find I do find it funny that he showed back up at Raw. Um after all these years, like, I don't know if he is coming back because he realizes, like, you know, is it me? I'm the problem. It's me, like Taylor Swift or something like that. Or if he maybe is thinking his thinking of his options or something. Um, there is a other rumor that he sat down with Chris Jericho. And the reason why he sat down with Chris Jericho was to kind of, like, um, smooth things over and you know, kind of for Chris Jarrell to kind of be a bit of a, the leader to kind of get people together with everything. Uh, shout out to Clark street wrestling podcast. Of course, uh, we got the bloodline fancy football draft. Oh, there we go. So yeah, maybe I will participate in it. I actually had my own draft. I actually led my own draft. Um, it was through the NFL. Um, it was through NFL.com and it was me and like cousins, my nephews, the hubs, some other people and it was one year that i won uh first place but i hate but i hate playing i hate playing with some people because people stop playing after a while and then they'll give their picks to people um that happened like the second year or something that i did it but i used to do it on nfl.com with like complete strangers where you just you know go in you just pick they'll put you in a um They'll put you in a league and then you just draft from there. So I played that a few times. And that's how I got to know about Kansas City defense. Um, right around the time that Patrick Mahomes went there, actually before Patrick Mahomes went there, actually. I think it was while Alex Smith was still there. I got to know the Kansas City defense. They, oh, man, they helped me a lot of weeks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah. We got the Bloodline Fantasy Football Draft going. I can't wait to see about that. Now I got to hunker down and find out who and everything like that. Um, but I always played like the traditional. Um, I played the traditional uh, rules league. I played like, I think I played a PPR league like, once. And I got screwed over because I had Dak Prescott on my league. So if you ever wonder why I have a bit of a tiff with Dak Prescott, is because he, I think he was in my PPR league, or I had him, or he was like my number two quarterback or something like that. And uh, yeah, he killed me. He killed me with that. Um, and I think I had, I don't know if I had Tom Brady or I had Aaron Rodgers. Like I, I screwed myself over that year. Um, or I had, no, I had a Green Bay wide receiver. And that was the year that Aaron Rodgers threw to everyone. And it was pissing me off because I had like pretty much the number one receiver in Green Bay and he just loved to spread the ball to everyone. Oh man, good times and bad times. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting back to CM Punk, I'm very interested to see what's coming up, what's what's happening with all this. Um, is he going to go back to AW? Are they going to try to do this um, second show, whatever? Because like I said, they can't keep the roster separate. Um, obviously they're going to come together at double or nothing, full gear, um, all out, all in and everything like that. And tippers are going to fly. So 
you got to figure out something out. Um, also, another piece of news, something I just found out today. Um, for all my OG people out there, there's a Twisted Metal series coming, which I've heard was coming. Um, and it's coming to Peacock on July 27th. It's a 10-episode series. So, you know, especially to my OG people who went through the heartbreaks of video game live action movies where you know they'll sit there and say yeah we're going to do this live action movie and then it's just like completely went bonkers yes i am talking about the mario bros movie from the 90s even though it kind of has a special place in some people's hearts now um mine mainly because of bob hoskins who played um mario in there i love him um but yeah so I, they showed like a little teaser and Anthony Mackie is in it, which I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know what we're doing with that. However, they got Sweet Tooth in there and the person who's playing Sweet Tooth is fucking Samoa Joe. So I'm excited for that portion. Um, like <laughs> my mind immediately went to, you know, Sweet Tooth saying, you know, oh, Wendy. But they did a little teaser trailer um, and it was Anthony getting to a car and you see the car shooting, you know, uh, with guns on the side and stuff like that shooting. And then um, it shows the ice cream truck and then the camera goes around and you see uh, Sweet Tooth. He turns and he closes the door to the truck. So I I'm excited for Samoa Joe as Sweet Tooth. But I'm going to hold my breath. I mean, I know that we have gotten, uh, you know, good adaptations lately, especially with Super Mario Brothers and everything. Um, but I'm still going to hold my breath with this. But I can't wait to um, check it out anyway of what's of this um, Twisted Metal series. And I don't I don't recall really. Um, I didn't read exactly what this series is supposed to be about. Um, if I remember correctly, the last time I heard about it, it is supposed to follow a sweet tooth is supposed to be a sweet tooth, a story of, of sweet tooth. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it's like the tournament or something like that, or it's going to be about how he came to become sweet tooth or something. Who knows? Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, so let's get into a quick recap of AW Dynamite before we get into the draft. Um, so we had Orange Cassidy going against Bandino. Um, of course, Orange Cassidy uh, won to retain the international championship. Um, and then afterwards, the two became cool. Um, Orange Cassidy putting the glasses on Bandino, and they um, they walked away together. Uh, the segment that cracked me up was um, um, Renee Young, Renee Paquette, I'm, I should say, uh, was interviewing Adam Cole, and he was, you know, cutting a promo, calling out Chris Jericho and everything. And then Orange Cassidy runs up and he says, uh, won't you ask a question to us? I just want a match. And so she was explaining what's going on. And then Orange Cassidy goes, oh, and then just leaves. And Bandino just walks up to her and he goes, oh, and then he just leaves. <laughs> Didn't think I would want a pairing of Orange Cassidy and Bandino just having fun, but you know, I guess we're here. Um, of course, we're moving the story with the four pillars with um, Sammy Guevara and MJF becoming the best of friends. Just pretty much uh, KO and Sami Zayn right here. Oh, no, KO and Chris Jericho right here. 
where you know that they're going to turn turn each other. It's a matter of who's going to turn on who first. And all they're doing is just being the biggest fake friend ever. They're giving each other uh, presents, giving each other kisses on the cheek and something like stuff like that. It definitely gave me KO and Chris Jericho vibes of the um, f- um, the festival of friendship and everything like that. What's going on, streets? Shout out to streets as well. Thank you for tuning in as well. Um, you gave a he gave first, first of all, like I said earlier, be sure to check out the Tim King show from yesterday where we all talked about the NFL draft and everything. Um, streets definitely given a lot of opinion there yesterday as well. Um, also too, we had Tony Khan who made an announcement. He had another announcement, um, where he talked about the Owen Hart foundation tournament, which is back again this year. Uh, matches will be taking place at forbidden door and it's going to be taking place, um, in Canada with the finals happening in Calgary, um, Alberta, Canada, which is the hometown of Owen Hart, which I think is very special. Um, I'm hoping that this tournament will be actually for, you know, people to get a chance not to give the titles to the damn power couple that you uh, want to, you know, put over once again, even though they're, they are over. But I'm hoping this year that the tournament will go to people who are like the underdogs, basically. Uh, people who, you know, people who aren't like at the top, top. But to able to show like their skills, stuff like that, um, I guess sort of more like a May Young classic or something um, to kind of like give people a chance who aren't really seen like that. Um, we also had Wardlow who um, defeated a jobber again in a squash match. And it looks like we're setting up the feud between him and Luchasaurus. Um, we had... Um, and then we had the main event. Uh, no, actually, we had Jay Cargill, my boo, uh, going against Taya Valkyrie for the AEW TBS Championship. And I believe there was a stipulation where Taya couldn't use her finisher. So, of course, um, with that set up, Jay Cargill retains. And it looks like we're setting up that match to happen at um, Double or Nothing uh, next month as well. Um, we have the, looks like the actual first feud of Jay White. It's going to be him teaming up with Juice Robinson to go against Ricky Starks and Sean Spears. I have to admit the segment with um, Jay White sitting there wrestling and Sean Spears rating the match as is going on. I, I laughed at it. I thought that was a funny, I thought it was funny. Uh, even though it probably shouldn't be funny that Jay White should be in something very serious. Um but I don't know. It's just weird when it comes to AEW because you don't know if the booking is because it's the wrestler's idea or if it's Tony Khan's idea. Because um, if I remember correctly, still wrestlers kind of have a bit more uh, creative freedom when it comes to um, the storylines and stuff like that or ideas that they have. So who knows? Um, but we had Sammy Guevara going against Darby Allen and the match ended in a DQ, which was the most, and ended in the most Eddie Guerrero finish that I ever saw that actually, like, I know it was done plenty of times in WWE, but I don't think it actually ended the way it ended in AEW where, um, where, uh, MJF, MJF had tossed the skateboard to Darby Allen and 
Sammy Guevara laid down on the ground. And so when the ref turned around, he saw Darby Allen with the skateboard and then immediately DQ'd him. Like I remembered, I think, well, no, I take it back. I think it did happen a few times in WWE, but for it to really happen in a match where the stakes are really high, like this is a um, tournament to determine who's going to face uh, MJF at double or nothing. It was just, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I felt as though this whole this whole thing with the four pillars was set up to kind of reintroduce people to the four pillars, uh, especially those who didn't watch during the pandemic. But I don't know. It, I, I'm happy that the, that the four pillars are kind of getting a, a chance to shine, that we are not having like the fuse with the former WWE people or the elite at the top of the mountain that were getting the originals a chance but i don't know it's just the way that they executed it like it's it's sometimes it's some parts where it's 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 hitting and it's just some it's just some uh spots where it's just like i don't know like you're not interested it feels like it feels like you know wrestlers trying to get to the top not i deserve to be on the top if that makes sense um but yeah so of course this is setting up a tag team match between Sammy Govar, MJF going against um, Darby Allen and Jack Perry, where the, if Jack Perry and Darby Allen wins, then they will be added to the title match, which will be a fatal four way, which we kind of figured what's going to happen anyway. Um, but I guess you have to fill in the gaps. You have to fill in the weeks with the filler episodes of dynamite before we actually get the setup of the four pillars match, um, at double or nothing. I don't know. It was a bit weird. Um, I just realized I did not change this from, here we go. Now we're cooking with grease. (laughs) Um, so then we had, um, then we had, um, Adam Cole come out to cut a promo against, uh, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho appeared via satellite who said he is not going to be there, but he has his friends that'll be there, which of course they came and started beating up, um, which they came and started beating up um, Adam Cole. Uh, shout out to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast as I keep hitting my cord, trying to put my arm up. Thank you so much for tuning in. What's up, JD? Thank you so much for um, tuning in as we go through a quick recap of AEW Dynamite. And so I was sitting there like, okay, who's coming out to save Adam Cole? Because normally when someone gets jumped four to one, someone is coming out to attack. Um, then they played music and it was weird because I saw um, it looked like SRS. And I know someone else has said they thought it was Sean Ross, the Sean Ross sat and i was like i it confused me because i was like what the hell is srs and then out came roderick strong and i popped for that because i didn't expect right i didn't know like i knew roderick strong had it was was requesting his release but the dirt sheets was so quiet you know everyone was so quiet we was so quiet about what happened with his contract that him showing up was a legit surprise so I'm happy for Roderick. He's over at AEW with his buddy Adam Cole. And now AEW has most of the Undisputed Era. Uh, Bobby Fish isn't there. 
Uh, he had left. I think he's with Impact, or he may not be with Impact. I forgot. I know he went to Impact. I don't know if he's still there, but I'm pretty sure you may want to come back, bro, to AEW because now your three buddies are there uh, with AEW. So I immediately like, okay, book Undisputed Era. I mean, Undisputed Elite versus the Elite. Let's get it going. Undisputed Elite versus the House of Black, you know. I know we're starting off with uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society because that's the default faction that you have to go against. Um, yeah, but I'm all here for it. Uh, Moneymaker Chris said he was with Impact briefly, but not anymore. Okay. Yeah, I know he signed over with Impact, but I wasn't sure if he was still there or he left and went somewhere else. But I'm sure he's trying to negotiate now with Tony Khan just coming back saying, hey, Tony, how you doing, buddy? I think you're the best booker ever. You're my favorite boss. I love you. <laughs> Let me come back, please. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just crazy. Um, somebody needs to check on Triple H uh, because those were his babies. You know, Undisputed Air was his jam. And, you know, now they're all gone. He's probably, you know, <laughs> side-eyeing uh, Vince McMahon at this point because, yeah, it was... It was Vince's fault that they were all gone. Even though Roderick uh, leaving kind of came, uh, maybe maybe still under Triple H, who knows? Um, but yeah, that all four of them are gone and now it seems like they're going to be reunited. As Tim King says, I can't wait for Kyle Riley to come back. Me too. I love Kyle Riley, And I can't wait to see the three of them, uh, potentially the four of them to come back again and to, like, I know they're going to have the most fun ever because the four of them haven't been together in, what, maybe a year and a half, two years at this point that those four have been broken up and now they're, like, back together again? Yeah. Actually, yeah, uh... I think actually it's been longer because I think Adam Cole, no, Adam Cole never made it to the main roster. Yeah, Adam Cole never made it to the main roster. Um, I know the last time it was Kyle Riley going against Adam Cole, and I think Bobby was injured or something like that. And um, I think Roderick was gone. It was it was just a very weird time for Undisputed Era once they all had um, broken up. Uh, love me some Undisputed Era. Happy for Roderick Strong. Just need Kyle to get healthy now. I know. I can't wait for those three to get back together. Like, they definitely need to go. Like, they're going to go after the trio's title. Like, I know Bobby Fish, like, wants to come back. But truthfully, even though I would love for the four of them to be together, technically you don't need the four of them because um, they have the trio's titles. So they can just go after the trio's titles, just the three of them, and just have fun. The Them versus the elite them versus Black uh, Blackpool Combat Club, them versus House of Dragon, them versus Death Triangle. Hello? What? I mean, just dream matches. That's what I do like about AEW, that we could just get dream matches, stuff like that. Even though I would love for some of these to be fused uh, and stuff like that, but if they just decide to do a best of seven out of nowhere between them and House of Black, I'm not going to really complain about it, you know? I just look at AEW for just the dream matches 
and let that be that for right now until they figure out figure out storytelling and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about this pairing. I love the Undisputed Era when they were in NXT, of course. Um, Kyle O'Reilly was my favorite member. Of course, um, you know, no, nothing compared to Adam Cole, but Kyle O'Reilly, his selling and stuff like that. If you ever checked out YouTube and see people put clips of him like selling and doing like little things and stuff, it's just chef's kiss for that man. But yeah, I can't wait for him to come back for the three of them to, you know, get together now and just put the pieces together. Um, but yeah, uh, so then at the finish, uh, the, the main event, we had Kenny Omega and Kanosuke Takesha uh, um, going against the Butcher and the Blade, which um, Kenny had won uh, by pinfall. And then Brian Danielson, um, Brian Danielson was with the announcers. And of course, heel Brian Danielson is so amazing. I have to say, like he's, he is a good, he's a good face. He was great at under with the yes movement and everything like that. But him as a heel, it hits different. Like he got fickle over for us. Now we say fickle. And now we use the word amateurs. And he sat there and called Kenny Omega an amateur and said, um, Tokunosuke, that, you know, you're not exactly amateur. You're following the wrong person and everything like that. And the thing I liked, um, the little thing that I liked is that um, Brian Danielson noticed like the potential in Kanosuke. And he was telling him, like, you know, you should join us. We'll, you know, train you. You will no longer be an amateur and stuff like that. And they went to, um, they went to, um, I think the Young Bucks came out and everything like that. And the Blackpool Combat Club was able to get rid of the Young Bucks. And they was going to, um, they got the upper hand. And I think that's when Kenny Omega had the um, screwdriver. And I think he was going to attack Mox with it, I think, um, while the Young Bucks were holding them. And you see Brian Danielson getting Kanosuke and go, look what he's doing. Go look what he's doing. Go stop him. Go stop him. And Kanosuke, of course, wanting to do the right thing, stops Kenny from, from using the screwdriver. And, of course, because of that, Blackpool Combat Club got the upper hand and everything. And then you see, um, and then you see Brian, and then you see Kanosuke like realizes what he did. And then you see Brian Daniels to come in and holds up the his hand and everything like that. And then he took down his hand and realized, you know, no, I'm not joining you guys. But I like that little bit of detail that is just like of Brian Danielson using like the good conscience of Kanosuke to kind of like give you kind of like kind of trick him to stop uh, Kenny Omega from attacking. Um, I think it was Moxley who was about to be attacked with the screwdriver. But just that little bit of detail, I really appreciate. And I can't wait for them to release shirts that says um, amateur. Like, it should really be Brian Danielson pointing at you, like, um, like the Uncle Sam Johns, and pointing at you. And in big words, it says either you're an amateur or just say amateur. That will be great. That'll be great. Um, but overall, uh, overall, Dynamite was okay. Um, 
I figure as we get closer to double or nothing that they're going to ramp up um, everything as far as the storylines and stuff, especially once they figure out how we can get from point A to point B with the four pillars and what I figure is going to be the four pillars match. Um, But we'll see what goes on from there. So now we are here on Friday with the draft. And there wasn't a lot of details as far as how the draft would be carried out, how many rounds and stuff, um, the setup and everything. Um, so I kind of felt bad for the people in the crowd because where they, they were making the announcement by the entrance, but because there's no ramp or anything, um, the people who are probably at the floor seats and stuff couldn't see. So it would have been cool. I don't know how they would have done it. I mean, it would have been cool if they had like a little bit of a ramp or something like that to the side for people to kind of go upstairs, go up the steps to or something so that people who have floor seats can see. Because uh, I don't know, I guess, because it wasn't on like the Titan Tron behind them or anything. So they were, I guess you had the, hopefully the stadium or the arena that they were in had TVs at the right angle that they could look up and watch and see. But no, I felt bad for that. Um, but since we have the NFL draft tonight and this weekend, and WWE decided they they are sports entertainment, and they wanted to get a bit of the rub from NFL and have their own type of N- N- WWE draft while we have the NFL draft, I figured to treat this draft like this is the NFL draft, and I'm going to pull a Mike Mayock on it, so... I don't have gray hair or anything like that, uh, so I can't really, you know, and I can't do his voice that well, um, but we're going to make this like this is ESPN. So I got my notes here. Um, first of all, I was disappointed at how short the draft was. I assumed that there was going to be six rounds like we normally have, uh, but there's only four rounds, and they decided for, you know, they decided that they were going to... Um, have people who were not picked to be drafted during a show uh during like a smackdown uh special or something like that smackdown little smackdown special or something like that on peacock where they go over people who um go more into well of people who get drafted and stuff um which i'm like well that's cool like Y'all could have easily have, I don't know, done a picture-in-picture type of situation and say, you know, these are people who are not drafted. I don't know. I felt as though they could at least added another round um, to it. But it is what it is, you know. So going into the draft, now these picks were announced by Triple H, which I love the, I do love the setup of this year's draft that we had special guests making the announcements very similar to the NFL drafts on day two, uh, three and four, no day two and three, where we have, you know, special guests coming in to make the, um, announcements and everything like that. So for the first round, we had the picks announced by triple H, um, still no word exactly, if we're just going to stick with Adam Pierce as far as the like head figure for Raw and SmackDown. Um, but here we go. So, 
you know, chime your little NFL, the NFL draft uh, thing. Da, 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 da. Uh, so for the first pick overall in round one, uh, SmackDown with, with the Bloodline, which is only uh, Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, and Solo Sokoa. So um, we did get the list of the pool of draft, um, but they didn't really announce of who from NXT is eligible to be drafted. So there is the assumption that it's everyone. Um, so overall from there, for the first pick, we had the bloodline, which is Roman Reigns, Solo Sokola, and Paul Heyman, which is a great choice. Of course, I wouldn't be, I'm not surprised that Roman Reigns went overall number one pick. He is the current, you know, champion to belt Roman. 971 days and counting. Yes, he's going to 1,000 days. He was signed in 2010, so he has had a very long longevity with WWE. Multiple-time main event, WrestleMania. Triple Crown champion, head of the table. Anytime he comes in, he everyone tunes in. Um, so I'm not surprised that Roman Reigns had went number one overall, number one over pick. Uh, Solo Sokoa going over you know, with Roman Reigns definitely will help him out a bit especially if they decide to um, potentially split the bloodline um, with Roman and Solo with the Usos and everything like that. Uh, Solo Sokoa was signed to WWE in 2021. He's the enforcer, 6'5", 250 pounds. Definitely um, a good counterpart to Roman Reigns, even though Roman Reigns has such a presence about him. The fact that he has Solo Sokoa next to him, it makes it even better. So, the number one pick is no question that it should have been Roman Reigns. Um, the head of the table, the tribal chief, you know, God mode and everything like that. So great pick for SmackDown. Uh, technically, he was SmackDown, um, but he was bound to between the shows. But with this um, with this now, uh, I believe just maybe with just with the champions. But I'm going to assume with the brands that, you know, people on SmackDown actually stay on SmackDown. People on Raw actually stay on Raw. Um, of course, there's two different networks. You got to keep the networks happy. So you have to have each network have their own, you know, I guess, champion or their superstar or whatever. So Roman Reigns going number one, perfect choice. Don't I don't argue with that at all. Um, pick number one for Raw or number two overall went to Cody Rhodes, which is no surprise. Um he was he started actually with WWE through Ohio Valley Wrestling in 2006. Um, he had a lot of mid card success at first. You know he um, is two time IC champion, three time WWE Tag Team champion, three time World Tag Team champion. He had left in 2018, and then he of course returned in 2022. Stock went completely up when he returned to 2022. A lot of hype behind him that you know, the success and everything like that, that we have yet to see um, over, that we have yet to really see um, in his career of the the potential that he has. So I'm not surprised that Cody went, you know, number two overall uh, because he just had that big um, wrestling, wrestling match at WrestleMania with Roman Reigns. Even though he did lose, I feel as though like his stock kind of maintained because there is that promise there of you know Mr. Adversity um that he will eventually become champion um especially now with since Roman Reigns is on SmackDown we have Raw now who will have the new um world heavyweight championship that people 
feel as though should go to Cody. So with Cody um, going to Raw, of course, people feel as though that title uh, should be his. Uh, Clark Street Wrestling on the Twitter, um, not the Twitter, on the Twitch, uh, did Cody Rhodes' story end? Who knows? Um, now, you would think that his stock would have went down because he did lose to Roman Reigns on the biggest stage of them all. And on top of that, he got his ass completely handed to him by Brock Lesnar on Raw to where so he may be injured. I mean, he had the injury um, last year after he had, and he faced uh, Seth Rollins. But of course, that did nothing but make people completely fall in love with him because of the injury and him fighting through the injury during that Hell in a Cell match and him rehabbing and coming back. You know, absence makes the heart go founder, fonder. And so when he comes back, everybody's hyped for him to win the championship. Now, it's going to be very interesting on where other picks end up as far as who could be his next um, challenger. Now, these picks do not go into effect until May 8th, which is the Monday Night Raw after Backlash. So we're going to have everything settled first um, at Backlash. So Cody going against Brock Lesnar at Backlash. That will either be settled if Brock Lesnar was to go to SmackDown or it could possibly continue if Brock Lesnar stays at Raw. Um, but Cody Rhodes with so much um, mid-card success, of course, he is now like, top tier uh baby face right now that if you have the pretty much the number one heel going to raw you have now the number one i mean the number one heel going to smackdown now you have the number one face going to raw um but i don't feel the cody Rhodes story ends it really depends on how this plays out with brock lesnar now if triple h is still petty betty he will he may have Brock Lesnar completely whoop Cody Rhodes ass so he can continue to be Mr. Adversity and, um, you know, kind of go after. Now, of course, people have come to realize that with the two belts now, uh, with Cody Rhodes potentially getting this um, world heavyweight title, that it's very possible that he will not be going against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40 um, for him to um defeat Roman Reigns. It may still happen. I mean it's WrestleMania. They can easily do champ versus champ. Not really um or for him to not even win the title and just have him go against Roman Reigns at Mania 40. He can win the Royal Rumble and then decide to switch right then and there and have him face Roman Reigns. So just because you know we didn't get at WrestleMania 39 doesn't mean that there is a way for them to set it up for it to happen at mania 40. Um, I think it'll eventually continue. I feel as though that yes, uh, Cody Rhodes have gone through adversity and stuff like that. I feel as though, I feel as though the, um, the place like that top tier baby face of him, you know, winning the title stuff like that. I have a feeling if they shoot, if they pull the trigger too soon, He's going to get stale and people are going to get tired of him as champion um, very quickly. Uh, Tim King says, I'm glad that Bobby and AJ are on SmackDown. They are legit opponents for Roman on the SmackDown side. And Cody, Seth, Drew, Finn, top guys on Raw. I still think Cody goes after Roman at some point. I think so too. I feel as though it was a 
it's a great point. It's a, um, I feel as though for Mania 39, it was a great story to tell and to use that to kind of put over Roman Reigns even more and to start doing the cracks in the bloodline as well. I feel as though, you know, if you want Cody Rhodes to, you know, be the next John Cena, you really have to prove that he can capture the audience attention for a long time. I mean, even though a lot of people did not like John Cena, John Cena like held that top tier babyface position for a very long time. And if we expect Cody Rhodes to even like come close to that, he would have to be, you know, just as popular, keep his his momentum regardless if he wins, lose or loss, wins or loses. So, we'll see how things play out with him if he was if since he lost against Roman Reigns and especially if they ended up letting Brock Lesnar win. Um, Tim King also said maybe he wins Money in the Bank and says I want you at SummerSlam Roman and but I think Roman has more guys to get through and we're going to get Roman solo versus the Usos. Very possible. Um, of course they have to like I said I don't think the situation with Cody is done yet because once Roman Reigns loses the titles that's the end of the bloodline and I don't think that I don't think WWE was ready to let go of that money maker uh, because as many people the t-shirts, the honorary Uso and everything like that. Hell, even before Sami Zayn came about, the storyline between Jade, the Usos and Roman Reigns that started out the bloodline was very compelling. I mean, the right-hand man, the nobody's bitch and stuff like that. It was very compelling. And I think they just want to take their time and just not rush the breakup of the bloodline because the story has captivated this, you know, the wrestling world for the past two years that they don't want it to be over just quickly to have Cody win and then immediately let the cookie crumble, so to speak. I think they want wanted to keep the title in Roman, take their time because in order for the bloodline to break up, it would have to break up by, um, by Roman Reigns. And then I guess we'll have, you know, Usos versus Roman Reigns and stuff like that. And then that will end the bloodline. Because like I said, once the titles are off of Roman, that's it. That's the end of your moneymaker. He can be tribal chief and stuff like that, but it won't hit the same if he doesn't have them titles. Um, Tim says, yeah, you're right for sure. Usos and Solo throwing down would be fun. It will be. Baby bro versus brother. Like, it's not Uso versus Uso like I had wanted it to. But like I said, you know, brother versus brother, best friend versus best friend. Um, you know, family members, family members, those are usually the best feuds, man. Cause you know, there's a lot of trust between the people and everything like that. And they have a lot of time to come up with some creative shit. So baby Uso versus Uso, that'll be a lot of fun. And so, and I think it's very intriguing. What I really like about the bloodline storyline is that things take such tangents and it works. So we just when you thought it was going to get stale with Roman and the Uso and stuff like that, they introduced um, Sami Zayn, and then they introduced Cody. They added Cody Rhodes to it, and then they added KO to it, and then we like, oh, we want KO and Sami Zayn to have the titles. Now they win the titles. So now what they're doing is that we have Baby Uso Solo Sokoa now becoming the um, now being pressured to turn on his older brothers, like. That's very deep. The, you know, you're, you're the, the head of the table. Your cousin is telling you 
to turn on your brothers, man, your blood. Like you knew them longer than you knew your cousin. And your cousin is telling you, nah, they not, they lost the titles. They're not doing it. I need you to, you know, pull a solo and take them out. That's very deep. And so we have that. And then from there, if Solo does go through with attacking the Usos, we start to have the implosion of the bloodline. And then whoever decides to, whoever is going to take the title off of Roman Reigns, that's how you kind of weave that in there. So yeah, if it is going to be, you know, Cody, he can definitely do it. And it could be the Usos cost. It could be um, Cody cashing in on Roman Reigns. Um it could be Cody cashing on Roman Reigns, you know, out of nowhere and have one of the Usos then turn on Roman at that point. Or it could be like a, a scene, a situation where Cody has to announce when he makes the title and then the Usos kind of get into there as well. Um, but yeah, uh, Moneymaker Chris says, it's amazing the layers they keep adding to this bloodline storyline. It is. And that's what I really love about this. And that's why I'm not like, I'm not tired. Like, you're not tired of it. Roman Reigns has held the title for two years. Anybody else who has held the title for two years, we would have, we don't, we would have had a riot. Like, I don't think the last time I don't, I can't even think the last time someone had the title for two years, unless you're like really going back in time, maybe like Hulk Hogan or something. But I can't think of um, the last time someone has held the titles for two years because it takes a lot it takes a lot and it takes a, a lot of great feuds it takes a lot of good storylines in order for that person to keep coming Ooh. damn that's why i was trying to drink water because i felt that coming <laughs> i felt the cough coming uh yes of course clark street wrestling forever champ Thousand days, Mr. Roman Reigns. Um, so let's get back to the picks. So, um, sorry to my all my audio listeners. All you hear is me coughing and drinking water and stuff. But so I felt with the draft this year, it felt like that there was a type of structure that the first picks for the shows had to be men. The second pick had to be women, and then the third pick had to be tag teams. Um, and I was trying to figure out, like, if that's what it is, because that's how I was with the first three picks. And then it just, like, mm. and it just, like, staggered from there. <clears throat> Damn, I'm trying not to call. <laughs> and it was just kind of staggered from there. Um <clears throat> But for SmackDown, the number three pick, their two, their second pick, but number three overall, is Bianca Belair, which is a great choice, first of all, the number one female to be chosen. Current champion, current Raw champion of 391 days, so I'm guessing that she is now going to be the SmackDown champion. Kind of similar to what happened with... Um, Charlotte Flair and, B and Becky Lynch, where they had to switch the titles because they got drafted to the other shows. So we'll see if that, um, of course, we're going to assume that Rhea Ripley gets drafted to Raw, that they have to uh, switch the titles. Um, 
But Bianca Belair, perfect choice as far as um, the pick. ESPN Female Wrestler of the Year in 2022. She is 3-0 at Raw. She started in 2016. It has been a straight-up fire since. Um, she wasn't as she was dominant in um, NXT, um, but she came more dominant in on the main roster. Um, she did appear at the 2020 uh, Royal Rumble match when she was still in NXT. Um, she lasted more than 33 minutes. She eliminated eight competitors. Of course, she had the breakout match at Royal Rumble um, in 2021, where she won the Royal Rumble, and of course led to. Um, her match against Sasha Banks at WrestleMania 37 was well, the first um, the first time two black women had main evented at WrestleMania, which was um, asked for by so many fans. Great match. Unfortunately, the build wasn't as good as the match was. I wish that they had a better build between those two, but it is what it is. That's when she won the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, then she, of course, have gone on to become the Raw Women's Champion, of course, uh, at uh, SummerSlam last year. No, sorry, that's when she lost against um, Becky Lynch, and then she won the Raw Women's Championship at um, WrestleMania uh, 38 against Becky Lynch. And then she just won WrestleMania 39 against um, Asuka. So she is 3-0. At WrestleMania, perfect choice. I mean, she is one of the um, best wrestlers out there, just off of pure strength and talent. Um, amazing of how she came from not wrestling in the Indies or anything like that. No prior training as far as wrestling, and she becomes this dominant um, structure as well. So for um, pick number four for Raw. Uh, fourth overall, but the second pick for Raw, of course, went to Becky Lynch. No surprise there. Uh, Becky Lynch's powerhouse, known as the man, Triple Crown champion. She started in 2013 um, in NXT, um, and then she went up to the main roster. She really didn't catch on. Um, like She was always an underdog, but she really didn't get her popularity with fans until, of course, around 2018, 2019, when she had the feud against Charlotte Flair, became the man, and then, of course, had a feud with Charlotte and with Ronda Rousey, became one of the first women to main event at WrestleMania as well. That's when she had became champ champ, double champ, Becky two belts and everything, and has been on the tier since. Of course, she became um, big-time Bex, uh, especially when she was feuding against Bianca Belair, uh, became back the man recent, um, not so long ago as well, became tag team champion with Lita, who then lost the titles when she was teamed up with Trish after that and is now seemingly in a feud with Trish. Um, she hasn't been showing up too raw. Uh, people like spectated, speculated stuff because she turned her account black and said she's not coming to raw. I figured I knew it was storyline. People were just like, oh, she leaving WWE. No, she's not leaving WWE. Okay. She's doing the story. Okay. She just got attacked. She just lost the title with her dream partner. It was her dream to be tag team championship champion with Lita. And that all got destroyed because of Trish Stratus, because Trish Stratus didn't get a, a thank you, according to Trish Stratus. So not surprised of um, Becky Lynch going number four overall. Great pick, first of all. 
of course, um, Bianca Belair to be the first woman drafted. And then after that, with the uh, pool that we had, of course, was Becky Lynch. Um, round two, which was presented by um, Michael Hayes and Rob Van Dam as well. This time we had the tag teams. So for pick number five, um, the third pick for SmackDown, we had the Street Profits, which not not uh, too surprised of all the tag teams. They're definitely the number one tag team. Um, not no surprise in my opinion. I figured that the Street Profits will be on Raw since Bianca Belair is there. Um, but they debuted in 2016, very popular NXT and everything, and then they came up to the main roster where they became pretty dominant as a tag team. They became a triple crown champion, tag team champion of winning the Raw, SmackDown, and NXT tag team championships as as well. Um, Of course, with the Usos holding the titles for so long, um, they're still like the number one tag team, of course. Um, But can't wait to see them kind of get back into a little bit more in the title picture. We had Montez Ford, who was a bit featured, especially in the Elimination Chamber. And of course, there was a speculation of them breaking up. But with them being drafted together, it seems like we're going to continue them probably either trying to get back into the title picture or maybe featuring Montez Ford um, a singles run from there. So with the sixth pick of the draft, um, the third pick of Raw overall, we have Imperium, which um, no surprise there. First of all, they formed in 2019 at NXT, and then they reformed on the main roster in 2022. Um, Gunther is just tearing it up. He was NXT uh, UK champ, and he was the uh, he's the current IC champ as well. Um, they were the NXT Tag Team Championship. Also, I mean, uh, Gunther has been on such a great run as the IC champ. Can't wait to see um, where we go from here. He did recently have the feud with Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, a great match between those guys at um, WrestleMania. And um, looking forward to see with this draft of who he would be um, feuding against from there. We will see um, where everybody will end up when we see the um, second day of the draft on Monday. And then with the seventh pick overall, the um, fourth pick of SmackDown, we have the Hall of Famer Edge. Great pick, first of all. He signed in 1992. What can be said? What can't be said about Edge? Class of 2020, class of 2012 Hall of Fame, Grand Slam champion, held 31 titles in WWE. Of course, tag team and everything like that. Um, when he teamed up with Christian, who can like, of course, everyone's favorite match. One, everyone's one of favorite WrestleMania matches, of course, is the TLC match between Edge and Christian, um, the Hardys and the Dudleys. Great time for people to be a fan of tag team wrestling as well. Um, Edge, of course, he even went on a singles run, had won champions championships multiple times. Like I said, 31 titles that he held in WWE. A lot of them were tag team titles. A lot of them were singles titles as well. He recently had, um, he retired, I believe back in 2011. And then of course returned years later at the um, 2020 Royal Rumble to everyone's surprise and has been pretty much coming in back and forth with WWE had since, and he has been looking good. So 
of course, not surprised after I get, I'm assuming having to take a male, female in a tag team that your next pick out of that pool has to be Edge. Um, yeah, it was very cool when he was with Christian, but having Edge, you know, coming around, it's a lot of great feuds that you could start off with Edge. Um, of course, with him on SmackDown, yeah, you can have him kind of feud a bit with um, Roman Reigns once again. Um, Imperium to Raw was a must great pick. It was a great pick. Um, I feel as though Imperium is definitely there. They definitely have, um, I know how everybody feels about SmackDown and Raw, even though Raw is like the A show, but I feel like Raw is more dominant as far as like the booking and stuff like that. So I feel as though with Imperium, they're ready for that. They're ready to be working on Mondays as well. Um, Edge, great pick. Would love to see if Edge can elevate Cross. Definitely. Um, Cross has definitely fallen. He was very, um, a lot of promise in him when he returned with under Triple H. You know, getting into that feud with Drew McIntyre, kind of teasing a bit of a feud between him and Roman Reigns. And then after his feud with Drew, it kind of fell off from there. Um, he went against Mad Cat Moss at one point in a mixed tag tag team match, um, him and Rey Mysterio. And now he is going against Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm hoping more can happen from those two that we can kind of get reintroduced into the Karen Cross that we saw not only in NXT, but outside of WWE as well. So it would be fun to have a feud between those two and then maybe Edge will turn around or yeah, Edge will turn around and join them since technically they would be heels at that point. Um, but yeah, Edge, pick number seven, great pick. Um, definitely top of the, once you get, like I said, once you get out of that, having to pick a male, female in the tag team, you have to go for the Hall of Famer Edge. Um, and then for pick number eight overall, the fourth pick for Raw, they went with Matt Riddle, which I was actually a little surprised. I feel as though Matt Riddle was slightly too high. I'm sure that we were like thinking of RK Bro and stuff like that. Truthfully, I would have went with Drew McIntyre or Bobby Lashley here. Um, no knock to Matt Riddle. I mean, he signed in 2018. He was part of RK Bro, US champ, two-time Raw tag team champ. He won the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic and he in 2020. And he was also an NXT tag team champion as well. But I feel as though it's a lot more promise with um, Bobby or Drew at that point. Um, but I felt as though Matt Riddle was a little bit too high um, to be taken in the second round like that. However, it'll be a lot of fun with uh, Matt Riddle here for the type of fuse that we can have going on with him, especially once we find out who gets drafted to Raw um, on, especially when we see who gets drafted to Raw um, on uh, Monday. Because now Solo, who he was kind of feuding with before he got injured, is on SmackDown. So definitely going to see um, what happens from there. Um, of course, your wrestling said Riddle was definitely too high. LOL, no pun intended. I know I'm sitting here saying he went, he was a little too high, <laughs> but yeah, I think he was too high on the draft there. Like, if it was him and um, Randy Orton as RK Bro, I can understand because of the popularity between those two, 
But Riddle by himself, especially the fact that he recently came back and he lost a lot of momentum since he left, um, especially that he is by himself once again. I feel as though it was a little bit, he should have went to a little further down in the rounds. Um, especially the fact that there's only four rounds in this draft. I would have expected him to probably be taken maybe in like, maybe late third round, top fourth round. Um, but yeah, I'm very surprised about that. So next with round three, presented by Teddy Long and JBL, the ninth pick overall and the um, fifth pick for SmackDown, we have Bobby Lashley, which I'm fine with. Um, definitely a high pick, um, even though he kind of fell off a little bit with you know the situation with Bobby, with Brock Lesnar and then Bray Wyatt and then him not even getting a match at WrestleMania. But he started off in 2005 through the Ohio, the, um, Ohio Valley Wrestling. He became a two-time WWE champ, two-time ECW champ, two-time IC champ, and two-time U.S. champion. Um, needs that power again. Um, of course, the when he was WWE champion, especially when he was in Hurt Business, he had such a powerful presence with him. He did win the Andre the Giant Memorial um, Battle Royal this year, um, but we've seen that that really doesn't do anything for people. So that could be possibly why he was taken a little bit later than Matt Riddle, but still is Bobby Lashley. It's a lot of potential with him, especially if we're able to connect him back to um, the Hurt Business once again. Um, Can't wait to see the fuse there, especially if they start putting him back to go against Roman Reigns. Um, that would be a very fun feud, especially, um, once we get things kind of going with the breakup of Roman Reigns of kind of like, um, who would be the person to take the title off of him. It would definitely be fun to have a feud with Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns, you know, power for power type of situation. He could be one of the people to take the title off in Roman Reigns, you know, surprisingly, if it's not going to be Cody Rose, because now he's on, um, now that he's on Raw with the second title, we could definitely have a little bit of fun of Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns here as well. Um, pick number 10 for Raw, fifth overall, is actually Drew McIntyre, which I felt as though she should have been pick number eight over Matt Riddle. Um, but Drew McIntyre was signed in 2007. He was released in 2014, but he came back in 2017 to NXT. Stock went up like amazingly high because of the work that he's done outside of WWE came over, especially um, his big moment was when he won the Royal rumble in 2020. Unfortunately, he became the pandemic champion, but overall he won the NXT champion. He is a triple crown champion as well. I don't know why he was taken a little bit later because he had a great, I mean, he, even though he lost the match, he still had a great match between Gunther um, and Sheamus. So with Imperium now on, Raw, we can definitely kind of revisit the feud between Gunther and Drew McIntyre as well. Um, don't know where the Brawling Brutes may end up that we would revisit. I'm not mad if they do decide to go with Drew McIntyre versus Gunther again. That was a very fun feud. It produced a great match between them. And we could definitely kind of, not really as um, high-powered as The Rock versus Stone Cold, but, you know, how when the, it was The Rock versus Stone Cold, whenever they got together, it was magic. And I feel like we could definitely have this here with Drew McIntyre and Gunther as well, especially throwing Sheamus in it. 
I mean, definitely one of the matches, like, even though it's very hard to say what the match of the night is, but if you were to take that triple threat match and put on any other pay-per-view outside of WrestleMania, it would definitely be match of the night. Um, do I miss Walter? I slightly do. Um, I, I love the fact, first of all, that Gunther had lost the weight and everything like that. Um, he's not he's not as massive and as um, as scary as he was, but still, it's still a lot of power um, behind those chops. So him versus Drew, once again, will be a little bit of fun. Um, we could have even a little bit of fun of, of course, him going after the world heavyweight title um, with Cody going after it as well, too. Um, he could definitely be one of the people to get that world heavyweight title. If they build him up nice enough, he could, you know, once again, be a champion in front of the people again. And hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll get his flowers once again. Um, pick number 11 for SmackDown. Um, the sixth pick uh, for SmackDown is the OC. And at first I was like, well, this is, um, they're a little too high on the uh, thing. I mean, even if it's just four rounds. But then, I'm re- then I realized, wait a minute, this is AJ Styles. So yes, I'm not mad at this pick um, for AJ Styles. Because you're getting AJ Styles, even though it's the OC, you're still getting mainly AJ Styles. Um, they reformed in 2016, and then they added Mia Yim in 2022. Of course, you get AJ Styles automatically, one of the best wrestlers in WWE, <clears throat> who can still put on high-caliber matches. And it's pretty much high-caliber matches no matter who he go against. This is the man who had faced John Cena and made John Cena put on a five-star match, basically. Very fun feud between him and John Cena with him saying, I, you know, I beat John Cena and everything like that. Him feuding with uh, Chris Jericho, of course. Him going against Shinsuke Nakamura in WWE and even outside WWE. Yes, even though in WWE it was nothing but nut shots. Still, it was a fun feud between those two. Um, AJ Styles is just, he's phenomenal. Full pun intended. (laughs) But he's phenomenal since he had um, debuted in 2016. And with Gallows and Anderson as well, they also debuted in 2016 as well. They were the Raw Tag Team Champions. And while on their own, they're not as magical. Um, with AJ Styles, I mean, it could get interesting once again, depending on what happens um, with Judgment Day. If Judgment Day ends up going to SmackDown, we can definitely have you know, Judgment Day going against the OC or something like that. That'll be a lot of fun as well. Uh, with me again, um, the booking with her isn't hasn't been great since she came on to the main roster. Um, she was booked very well in NXT, of course, but when she came up to the main roster, she came up under retribution with the mask and everything like that, mask taken off. Wasn't booked that well since. Um, she was let go. She went over to Impact for a little bit and came back to WWE. Um, Even though she has joined the OC, she still isn't booked very strongly. I'm hoping that now that we have AJ Styles back, that we kind of would give her a little bit of more, um, a better reputation booking-wise for her to kind of like get back to the me again that we kind of know. I know that she's called me Chim or something like along those lines, but I'm hoping that we get her back to 
the Mia Yam that we've seen in NXT. Um, so pick number 12 for Raw, six, six pick for Raw, 12 overall, goes to The Miz. Now hear me out, I'm not that mad about this pick. Um, he was in the Tough Enough fourth season back in 2004. He was signed in 2005. In my opinion, The Miz is a great worker. He's very good as a heel. If you have a celebrity or anyone um, who doesn't really know how to wrestle that well and you really want them to be put over, The Miz is the perfect person to do that with. We've seen with Logan Paul, um, with Bad Bunny, with a lot of people that he has wrestled. He has made people look like complete stars. He is still, after all these years, entertaining enough for his segments. Um, he's able to able to basically be the brunt of the uh, the be joked on and stuff like that. You know his balls and all this other stuff. And after all these years, that he is still slightly relevant. He's very consistent as well. So him being put on Raw is great because normally with super with um, celebrities and everything like that. They normally appear on Raw versus um, SmackDown. And so I feel as though if you want something that consistently could put on a good match for you, he recently wrestled um, Seth Rollins, and it was a great match as well. But if you want someone who you can use consistently as a heel to put over someone, you know, create some funny catch lines and everything like that, The Miz is your person to go to. Uh, Tim King said, big facts, Miz is vital to that three-hour show. Definitely. He could definitely put on Miz TV, kind of like a cool down segment after a great match, um, entertain the crowd a little bit. He can definitely help out as we've seen, you know, put feuds um, further a feud as well. Having, you know, two wrestlers on his sh- his Miz TV kind of like add a little bit more flair to a story or something like that, or even present a new feud with him and have someone appear on um his thing i mean we've seen with seth rollins and logan paul seth rollins saying bye bye bitch that happened on Miz tv um so i can't wait to see what happened here with the miz i mean we can have a little bit of fun between him and cody rhodes um we can have between him and imperium a little bit going on um of course him and matt riddle once again even him and Drew McIntyre, um, you know, a little bit of back and forth. And we'll, like I said, we'll see what happens on Raw. But there's a lot of um, matchups we can have with The Miz. So someone who, who's very consistent, The Miz is perfect in the third round. Um, so for the fourth round, presented by HBK and Road Dog, um, for pick number 13 overall, and the seventh pick for um, SmackDown, we have damage control. So I'm not too mad at the pick. Um, I feel as though um, we could have had an NXT call up, another NXT call up here. But I'm assuming they could only they only decided to do women on tonight, and I guess the men will be on Raw, or then whoever we find out gets picked up will be picked up after that. Um, I truthfully, I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, Omos in there. I know that it's Bailey, so that's why I'm guessing why we have them picked here. Um, if it, if it was just EO, Sky, and Dakota Kai, um, I would have had them undrafted, truthfully. 
since damage control has started in SummerSlam of 2000, uh, 2022, they was on a bit of a run. Uh, they became two-time tag team champions, um, but they really haven't done too much as booking-wise. I mean, they lost the titles and had a very losing feud with Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus as well. They haven't really been booked very strongly. I mean, EO... Io um, Sky had a great match between her and Bianca Belair. Um, but other than that, as them as a tag team, they had had huge losses in 2023. Um, Dakota, Kai was, Dakota Kai was signed in 2016, and she has been booked in NXT a lot better than she has been on the main roster. NXT, she had great feuds with Tegan Knox and with Raquel Rodri um, Gonzalez at that time. Um and especially the feud between her and Tegan Knox really put her over as a heel. Um, Eel Sky, who was known as Eel Shirai, was signed in 2017 and was very dominant in NXT. Um, she became NXT champion, NXT tag team champion. She won the Women's Dusty Tag Team Classic in 2022. And in 2020, just her uh, big year for her, where she won NXT awards for overall and best female competitor of the year that year so those two were definitely booked a lot better in nxt than they were in the main roster and then of course bailey i feel as though that's the reason why she was they were picked here um i feel as though bailey would have been picked a lot higher but the fact that they had clumped her with damage control that's why she has been taken pretty much in the last round here Bailey, of course, signed in 2012. Huge success in NXT. NXT champion there. Um, carried over to the main roster where she was a face. Um, and then once she kind of got away from the ponytail and stuff like that, she became the Triple Crown champion, Grand Slam champion as well. The woman, the first um, women's tag team champion along with Sasha Banks. Um, she left for a little bit, came back. Since she turned heel, she's been a great adversary against people like um, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch as well. But since she has been paired with damage control, her stock kind of went down, especially the fact that she has had opportunities to challenge Bianca Belair for the title because she had let um, EO Sky uh, take that as well. I'm figuring once we break them up, especially if we keep Dakota Kai and EO Sky's tag team or they all go their separate ways, We'll see Bailey's stock kind of go up from there um, for Bailey to kind of get back to the Bailey that we all know and love, of course. Um, but with them over on uh, SmackDown, you know, we'll probably see them, I don't know, I guess maybe feud again with Bianca Belair, kind of, I guess, put Dakota Kai going against her. Um, we also have Mia Yim now over on uh, SmackDown. So maybe we'll see Mia Yim going against EO, Sky, or Dakota Kai. Kind of, I feel like they need to be, these. those three women need to be revitalized. I'm hoping with the draft and we have like new feuds and stuff like that, that the book in between these three women will be a lot better. Um, and like I said, we'll see what happens with Raw, uh, who gets drafted where. Um, but for the 14th overall pick and the seventh pick for raw, we have Shinsuke Nakamura, which um, 
I'm a fan of Shinsuke Nakamura. He was signed in 2016 and to NXT, and he has been in NXT. He was top tier. Um, he was two time NXT champion. Then he came up to the main roster. He became two time IC champion, two time US champion, SmackDown tag team champion. He won the Royal Rumble in 2018, um, as well. And so, um, he recently came back to. Um, to the main roster. He went over in Japan for a little bit to um, have a match with the great Muda, Muda um, for a retirement match with um, of great Muda as well. And so I'm hoping with him back and now he's back with his music and stuff like that, a little bit of a new look that he will once again, you know, kind of get back to the Shinsuke Nakamura that the king of strong style that we know that he can be. He is currently feuding with Karrion Cross, so we'll see where that goes from there as well. Um, but for him to pretty much be one of the last picks, I'm hoping that he will be the Brock Purdy of this draft. So we'll see. Um, and so with pick 15 overall and the eighth pick for SmackDown, we have a call-up from NXT of Alba Fire and Isla, um, Isla Dawn, which I was a little shocked, was I was a little bit shocked by. Um, at first, I thought, you know, this was just a regular NXT, so I was a little surprised that this was not Braun Breaker or anything like that. The other thing I was very surprised at, that these are current NXT Tag Team Champions, which means they have a week to either drop the belt or we're going to have the situation that we had, I believe with the NXT, actually with the NXT women's tag teams, where they were actually on NXT and on the main roster at the same time. Um, with Alba Fire, she was signed in 2019, was with NXT UK, became um, NXT tag team champion, and she came to the American NXT over in 2021. She was um, in the War Games match along with... Um, I believe it was Shayna Baszler with Shayna the Shayna Baszler versus Rhea Ripley um war games, if I'm not mistaken. Um with Isla Dawn, she was actually signed in 2018. She was mainly in NXT UK until NXT UK dissolved. She came over to the American NXT in 2022. Um, they had a feud against each other and eventually teamed up together and they recently became tag team champions. So that's why I'm surprised that they got called up. Uh, because they've been champion for, I believe, since April, very shortly. So we'll see, you know, that they'll eventually drop the titles. But I'm guessing with them being called up, I guess it'll be very natural for them to then feud with Damage Control. And I'm hoping with, you know, the Damage Control going against NXT, the NXT Tag Champions, that will probably get a little bit something here that will be a little bit of a, um, it'll be tough because from there, you know, who, who would lose the newbies who just came from NXT that no one knows about or with um, Dakota Kai and EO Sky. Um, Jessica Mary, thank you for watching. First of all said, what about Seth Rollins? Seth Rollins is actually in the pool uh, people will be drafted in on uh, Raw, so I'll get into who I who my prospects as far as um, the draft for Raw. But he is part of the group of people who will be drafted on Raw, so we'll see 
if he goes to if he's with Raw or if he goes to SmackDown as well. Um, and then with the final pick of Raw, 16th overall, the third pick of Raw, we actually go with Indy Hartwell, who is the current NXT champion. Um, she's only been champion for 28 days. She won the title on April 25th. Um, she's been signed since 2019. Um, she was tag team champion. Um, very popular for being with um, The Way. And, of course, the um, storyline between her and Dexter Loomis and everything like that. Um, but since the breakup of The Way, she really didn't have... Um, she really wasn't booked... Not booked strongly, but she really didn't have anything of substance until recently she became champion. And now, with a title reign of under 30 days, it looks like she will eventually have to drop the title... Um, now that she is on Raw, um, we'll see where Candice LeRae ends up. Um, it would be very interesting if she does end up on Raw so that she can team up with Indy Hartwell as well. Um, and hoping that both women will kind of, um, you know, be booked a little bit stronger. And so that was the end of night one with uh, the draft, which. Like I said, I'm shocked that it was only four rounds. I wish there was like another round or something like that. I would have loved to see Omos get drafted. Um, it'll be very interested for him to have. I'm going to assume he would have stuck with. He's going to stick with Raw. Um, you know, he was signed in 2019. He was aligned, of course, with AJ Styles. He has been the Raw Tag Team Champion and the winner of the Rock's 25th Anniversary Battle Royale in 2021. And we have the OC in uh, SmackDown. We have Bobby Lashley on SmackDown as well. So I'm going to assume that he may stick at Raw, but I would. It would be very interesting if he goes to SmackDown and end up being, you know, trying to be reunited, um, reunite MVP and Bobby Lashley for the Hurt business. But we'll see where it goes from there. Um, I'm very as far as NXT call ups. I'm surprised that Zoe Stark didn't get called up. I would assume that she would have got, got called up instead of Indy Hartwell. I kind of give Indy Hartwell a little bit time to shine as far as being um, the NXT champion. Um, I didn't wouldn't think um what's her name? Uh Nikita Lyons would have got called up just yet. Um, but I wouldn't have been surprised if she was called up. But I at least thought that Zoe Starks would have got um called up as well. Um, we'll see what Candace and Dexter Loomis end up. It'll be cool if they all end up on um, Raw along with um, Johnny Gargano and so that we can reunite um, everyone together. Um, another person who wasn't um, drafted is Dolph Ziggler and kind of similar to The Miz. Um, he was signed in, tw- in 2004, two-time World Heavyweight Champion, two-time U.S. Champion, six-time IC Champion, of course, um, he is known for when he won the Money in the Bank of 2012, cashed in on um, Alberto Del Rio, and had the one of the best moments on a Raw after Mania. Of course, he has been he's very consistent as far as selling. He is excellent at selling as well. Um, so, if there was another round, I would love to have seen him drafted. Truthfully, um, I believe he's been on Raw. Truthfully, you don't. I, I see him on Raw or SmackDown. Um, I would love for him to kind of get 
involved with better feuds. Um, I feel as though he has the chance to be booked strongly again. I mean, who can who can't forget when he was um, booked in that Survivor Series where he was um, so pretty much sole survivor against the Authority. Um, I feel as though he has that still has that in him where he could put on a very good match and fans will fall in love with him once again. Um, right now he is in a very weird feud with, um, Mustafa Ali and we'll kind of see where it goes from there. Um, but I will, if there was a fifth or sixth round, I would love to see him appear on the draft here. Um, hit row went undrafted, not too surprised. They debuted in 20. 21 and then was released later in the year they returned last year um where they beefed with legato del fantasma and the viking raiders um they had a tag team title shot back in december hit roll hasn't really been the same without uh swerve isaiah scott um and so with them three um they really haven't been booked very strongly um they had a little bit of promise with them beefing, like I said, with uh, Legato del Fantasma. Um, but it just wasn't really catching the crowd, especially when they sat there and did like a few um, raps, live raps and stuff like that. It wasn't really connecting to the crowd. So uh, I'm not surprised that they went undrafted. Another person who I, other people I'm not surprised went undrafted, Lacey Evans, uh, Maximum Mel Models, Mustafa Ali, unfortunately. Um, he seems like someone who has potential, especially when he was on 205 Live um when back when he was signed back in 2016. Um that's he kind of got a lot of people's attention when he's on 205 Live. And he has definitely have fallen off um with as far as booking wise. Uh Natalia, unfortunately for Natalia, she's been with WWE for so long. She was signed in 2007. She was former Divas champ, former SmackDown champ, former women's tag team champ. And she's one of those people who you could put in a feud with someone. Um and she is uh, you know, part of the Hart family and that Hart family dynasty and everything. But unfortunately, the way that they have been booking her for so long her stock has fell down so low that, you know, she's pretty much there because she is part of the heart foundation, part of the heart family, unfortunately, in my opinion. Um, another group that went undrafted and I feel as though if there was a fifth or sixth round, we definitely saw them would have been Chelsea and Sonya Deville, even though, um, yeah, they're at the complaint department and you don't, you probably don't really care about them. Otherwise, they have been gaining a little bit of ground as far as a tag team, uh, especially to have a feud against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Um, Chelsea originally started in 2018. She was a contestant on the sixth season of Tough Enough, and she finished fourth place for females. Recently returned in 2013, and she actually started teaming up with Sonya Deville um, back on March 27th. Um, Sonya Deville was also the contestant on the sixth season of Tough Enough. She was the third competitor eliminated. Um, so I feel as though that was a very interesting connection uh, with um, these two. Uh, she signed in 2015. Of course, she is known when she was teamed up with Mandy Rose, uh, Fire and Desire. Um, she was a WWE official um, bef- when she had uh, returned after her and Mandy Rose um, had split up. She did challenge for Bian- she did challenge Bianca Belair for a title shot. Um, while she was a WWE official, she 
was let go of those duties and has been pretty much been in random feuds. But I'm hoping with them two kind of teaming up together, it would have meant something. But unfortunately, what we saw on um, SmackDown tonight was her going against Zelina Vega and Sonya Deville got the jobber entrance. So that kind of shows why we shouldn't be um, surprised that she wasn't drafted. And another team that wasn't drafted was the Viking Raiders, which had so much promise, especially NXT when they were known as the War Raiders. They were signed in 2018. Um, Eric was the 24-7 champion at one point, um, and they were the NXT and Raw um, tag team champions as well. Um, Definitely has fallen off. I mean, they're a constant in the um, tag team division as far as, um, of course, constantly wrestling against uh, Braun Strowman and um, Ricochet. and then, of course, recently tonight with Legato Del Fantasmo as well. Um, but unfortunately, I feel as though their ceiling could only be so high. They would have to be repackaged, especially if they're repackaged as War Raiders, in order for them to have any type of stock or any type of importance. Um, so with that, that's the end of day one of the draft. Day two will be on Raw. Um, I will be covering it on my next live stream on Thursday. As far as my top six picks, if we're going with male, female, and tag teams, definitely number one and two picks will have to be Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. Um, I'm going to assume Brock Lesnar to Raw, Seth Rollins to SmackDown. It'll be very interesting to once again have Smack have uh, Seth Rollins feuding against Roman Reigns. I think it's such a great storyline that was there that we saw a snippet of at that Royal Rumble um, last year. Um, but I can't wait to see that fully blown out. That's another person who could take the title off of Roman Reigns at some point too. Um, of course, Brock Lesnar kind of continued the feud between not only him and um, him and Cody Rose, but we could definitely have, because Imperium is on SmackDown, we can have Gunther going against Brock Lesnar. There was a bit of a tease of that um, not too long ago as well. As far as women, of course, Rhea Ripley has to be drafted. The current um, Raw Women's Champion with her going to, I mean, her the current SmackDown Women's Champion. So with her going to Raw, um, since Bianca Belair is now on SmackDown, she will become the Raw Women's Champion. And I'm going to assume that Judgment Day stays on Raw as well to kind of keep them together. Now, as far as um, the uh, other pick for women, I feel as though it could be either um, Charlotte or Trish Stratus as well. Um, You can't deny what Trish Stratus has done for the division uh, with her as a Hall of Fame. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if Trish Stratus kind of takes it here. But the fact that we have, you know, Charlotte Flair, who has been, what, 15, 16 time champion there and has been in such great feuds, such a great heel and everything. Um, her match with, with her and Rhea Ripley has been, was excellent at um, WrestleMania. Her feud with Becky Lynch, of course, when Becky became the man, um, she has been involved in so many great feuds over these past years. You really cannot doubt her excellence for her to be taken as um, the number two woman overall. I think Trish will still kind of be, I'll put Trish Stratus probably in the um, 
maybe in the third round, kind of get picked alongside the same uh, time that Edge was picked um, because, you know, you can't deny what Trish Stratus has done. As far as tag teams, of course, you have to go with KO and Sami Zayn uh, being picked. And then, of course, the Usos. Very interesting to see since the um, bloodline wasn't all together, kind of like what we had with Imperium and the OC, that we have the Usos and Roman Reigns and um, Solo split up. If we actually going to have the Usos be put on Raw instead of SmackDown, uh, which would be very interesting. Um, if you want to kind of elongate the bloodline storyline and kind of put it on hold for a minute or something like that, you could do something like that where the um, Usos solo and Roman are split up from each other. And the only time that they'll meet each other would be at a pay-per-view. That's a little bit interesting. Um, some sleepers, people who I think should be um, drafted high in the round, uh, LA Knight, um, who, he got repackaged back to LA Knight after he was um, Max Dupree. Uh, yes, even though the feud between him and Bray Wyatt really wasn't, uh, it was beneficial for LA Knight, but it wasn't as beneficial as I would love for it to be. Um, LA Knight is starting to catch ground with the fans, so I'm hoping he would be, uh, he's currently on SmackDown. I would like to see him on Raw. First of all, he'll be a great person. Uh, to kind of feud a little bit with against the Miz. Um, with the Miz being on Raw, you could put LA Knight on Raw. That will be, oh my gosh, chef's kiss, a promo versus promo between those two. The amount of funny sayings, gifts, memes that we will get out of those two together, that will be great for LA Knight. Um, and then for Asuka, um, I would love for her to possibly, I don't know, for her to either go on uh, SmackDown All Raw. A part of me wants her to um, go to SmackDown, but with her and Bianca on there, I would like for her to probably stay on Raw, uh, especially in that we have the switching of the titles with her with Rhea Ripley um, now being on Raw. Um, Oscar really needs to be revamped. I mean, she has been on a losing streak at WrestleMania and with her kind of being repackaged as the psycho clown with the psycho clown, um, gimmick and everything like that. I would love to have seen, um, Oscar get revitalized. So we'll see what happens from there. Um, I'm guessing with the men, I would love to see Braun Breaker get called up. I know a lot of people are saying, um, Grayson Waller as well. I would love to see him called up. Hopefully get drafted this either with the Miz or even with Seth Rollins if he ends up on um if he ends up on uh SmackDown, possibly. But Grayson Waller would be a great pick. Um Braun Breaker would be a great pick. Um, maybe put him over on Raw, you know. Um, there's a lot of cool matchups that I could see him doing, especially if he um not brought, not put him against Brock uh, Lesnar, but um, maybe him versus Sami Zayn, uh, him versus one of the Usos as well too. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be great. But that is it for night one of the draft, and it's I'm I'm a little disappointed that the draft was very short, but I am fine with the type of um, things that are being being set up here. But yeah. 
But um, yeah, that's it for the Russell Brett podcast. That is my Mike Mayock of uh, trying to make things, try to like, you know, turn the WWE draft into something like the NFL draft. But thank you so much for listening. You can catch me on Twitter at JDC137. You can catch um, the podcast on Twitter at Russell Brett as well. Be sure to click the links in the bio for the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, and the YouTube channel as well. You can catch me live every Thursday. Live every Thursday. Tonight was a bit special because of um, the WWE draft, the <laughs> WWE draft, the NFL draft as well. But you can catch me live every Thursday at 9 p.m. EST only on the Bloodline Entertainment Network as well. Be sure to check out the website, the Entertainment Network as well. Um, go to um, bloodlinenetwork.com. Be sure. Well, there we go. Be sure to check out the website. Much more than wrestling. We cover the NFL. We cover UFC. We cover baseball. We cover basketball. We cover anime. So much information on there, of course. And a lot of different podcasts. The Tim King shows we see. Clark Street Wrestling. Circle of Debate. Um, the Out of Here podcast for all my Phillies fans. Go check that out as well. So many shows. So many great articles. Um, there's articles out there for top 10 wrestlers of the week, best matches, predictions, and stuff like that. Be sure to check it out. Shout out to everyone who has tuned in. Um, shout out to Brian Cook. Uh, great stream as always, Queen. I, treat, I trust you with the WWE draft and any of these talking heads on NFL draft any day. Listen, people talking at the NFL draft isn't hitting like it used to hit, man. But Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Be sure to put the ones up in the chat and acknowledge us, okay? And until next time, guys, peace. You're listening to the Russell Bread Podcast. Yeah, we, we. With one big-